Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Confidence Covered by Humility podcast. My name is James Mayhew, and I just am so grateful that you're here today. Thanks for coming along again and joining in. Now, today, this is a segment I call Faith in Five, and I'm going to kind of throw out and break my own rules here for a moment. Typically, this is supposed to be about a five-minute podcast uh, of something that I want to share with you. And I had the content laid out a couple of weeks ago, had something, you know, a value to record. We'll do it another time. But here's the way things work often. Uh, Yesterday morning, Sunday morning, I was at church and I heard the pastor talking about this really great sermon. And and, um, we'll get into that today. But here's what it was based on. He said, our problem with waiting has less to do with time and a lot more to do with our need for control. And I went, oh boy, this one's for me, James Mayhew. This one you need to pay attention and listen to. This is a message you need. And so like it's sometimes, I think the best sermons are the ones that we sit and we squirm a little bit because it feels like it's directly for us. I thought, hey, this is something that uh, maybe some others would benefit. I I just know that that I just have that feeling that there's going to be others of you that are listening today that need the same kind of message, same kind of inspiration that I needed to hear. So here's what happened. Uh, I thought, well, I could just sit down and, and create a podcast based off of my notes yesterday. But yesterday afternoon, I don't know, it was kind of late afternoon. I, I just thought, man, this would be really cool if I would... Let me, let me invite that pastor onto the podcast. Let me ask him. Let me see if he'll come on and we'll record on Monday so we can still stay on, on schedule here as best as possible. And thankfully, he said, yeah, sounds fun. Let's do it. And so uh, uh, that is where we're at. David, uh, David Condry. He is the pastor of Blessed Hope Community Church, and he is going to join us in just a moment here. But I just wanted to tell you, David is one of these guys that um, not only is he a very gifted pastor, preacher, uh, but he is also, uh, over these past several years, has become one of my closest friends. I've probably had some of the deepest conversations with anybody uh, uh, ever uh, in my life has been with David. And um, I just enjoy his company and his knowledge and his, um, you know, he, his calling. He, he, he is a guy that reads, studies, and loves scripture and uh, listens to other pastors, l- listens to other preachers all the way back in, in history. So anyway, it's my pleasure to bring him onto the show today. And without any further setup from me, let's get this thing started. Here is our conversation. Well, hey, I'm joined with David Condry, who is the pastor at Blessed Hope Community Church. And uh, David, thanks for coming. I'll, I'll just throw it to you and just say, hey, thanks for coming and agreeing to do this on what is really short notice, and it's technically your day off today. Yes, I yeah, I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> I'm glad to be here. Um, it's always fun to do new things, so uh, it's exciting. I'm glad, yeah, for the invite. So. Yeah, you're welcome, man. All right. So yesterday um, you started out and and this is um, I already mentioned this to people who are watching, but this is one of those sermons where it did make me squirm a little bit. It felt like it was a message that was directed to me. It's like, hey, may you pay attention to this. And mm-hmm. and here's how it started. You you said something near the beginning that our problem with waiting has less to do with time and a lot more to do with our need for control. And mm-hmm. well, that, that, that's a very strong for me. Mm-hmm. And you went on to say that waiting feels negative because that we feel like something or someone 
then has control over us. And as a recovering, you know, control person, uh, that, that was very real. Mm-hmm. And you, you went on to say, then it makes us feel like, um, we're wasting time mm-hmm. or missing opportunities. So I'm just going to toss it back to you, David, like what was the inspiration for that? And, um, you know, whether you want to reference the, the Psalm that you chose or however, um, yeah. you know, tell us about that. So that all came out of, we were in, uh, the 23rd or 27th Psalm. Um, that was what we looked at in the entirety, uh, on Sunday. And at the end of that Psalm, David just talks through some amazing stuff. Um, King David through that entire Psalm. And he, he, he's declaring aspects of his own life and he's talking about himself and, and what he's learned or his focus and his perspective. And at the end of it, he makes this just powerful proclamation. And then he, he places it back on the reader. Um, the last verse of the Psalm is he changes his focus from like talking about himself to putting it back on everybody else. And so he makes this powerful declaration at the end where he says, I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So all of this Psalm leads to this moment of him declaring his confidence in the goodness of God and and God showing up and God revealing himself and, and just this massive proclamation. But then all of a sudden he ends it by saying, wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, wait for the, or wait for the Lord. And so he's, he's making almost like a, I don't know if you want to call it a command, but he's he's putting it back on whoever's reading through his words. He, he's saying, I've given you all of this insight of my life. And then he ends it with that. Wait for the Lord. Um, and that's where I, you know, as I was praying about it and thinking about it, that's where my thoughts started to kind of move. Originally, that wasn't the portion of the psalm I wanted to preach on. But then all of a sudden I started to focus on that. And I got to thinking about how difficult it is for us to wait. Um <laughs> And and because I was thinking about my own context. Uh, So like right now, I find myself asking God for things and then he doesn't answer the way I want. And I feel like I'm in a waiting season. And so I can I have to speak, you know, I get frustrated because I don't like to wait. Um, I want my answer. Like I've I've proposed my question, God, I've given you my request. Answer is kind of my attitude. But then here's David's like, just wait, wait for the Lord. And, and, he, and he says it in a positive, not a negative. So then that's where I got to thinking about waiting and our culture in, in, in our society. We, we just paint the idea of waiting in any context as a negative. Like right. everything is instant, right? If we wait too long for our food, if we have to wait too long in traffic, if we have to wait at the doctor's office, if we have to wait everything is seen as negative and it seems to go completely against what the Bible is telling us about this attitude of being willing to wait on God, uh, being able to allow our hearts to, um, feel that it was, it was funny as you, as you were talking about control, I didn't think I, I said it during my sermon, but I didn't think about it until right during the sermon, but I was using the analogy of, uh, it, well, talking about in traffic, you know, like we get mm-hmm. impatient traffic. And during the sermon, all of a sudden, it just dawned on me how foolish we are to just have a sliver of control. And I made the reference to people in traffic that start weaving in and out of lanes. Like, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push my way into this. Because in our minds, in our, in, in our hearts, it's like, 
if as long as I'm moving, even if it's a foot at a time, I still have some control. Like I'm not prisoner to just sitting here. And, and so when I said that on Sunday, I'd actually, I kind of chuckled to myself when I said it because like, man, we are so control driven. Like you're not going to tell me I can just sit here. I'm going to butt my way into this other, other lane just so I feel like I'm moving. You, you know. might have chuckled to yourself, but I definitely chuckled out loud and I <laughs> probably my face felt red because <laughs> it's like, does he know that's exactly what I've done on Collins Road in Cedar Rapids? Yeah, yeah. Just again, yeah. just so we can feel, you know, satisfied, <laughs> like nobody's telling me I have to sit here and wait. I'm I'm moving. So, yeah. well, you went on then to, to just kind of talk about that waiting doesn't have to be a passive thing. You said it's not inactivity to wait. And that it's a powerful posture to take. Help, help, help the listeners. Help me again, once again, understand what you were going with that. Yeah. So, it, it's it's the posture of even in the seasons where we feel like we're waiting, or in the moments we feel like we're waiting, that doesn't mean there's still not amazing opportunities for something to take place in that moment. Um, you know, some of us are so busy and we complain about, I just I just need some I just need some time. Right. I just I would just love some time to just pause. And, and, and then all of a sudden we're given this moment in traffic to pause and we can't recognize it for what it is. Or, wow, I actually have a few minutes in the doctor's office where I can sit here and think and, and take a breath and maybe pray or like just pause. And, and, and so yeah. waiting could actually be the moments that God gives us to wait in a time context is. Um, Maybe some of the, the blessings we've been asking for, but we're just not recognizing for what they are. Um, sometimes waiting is, you know, if you're in, if you're having a moment where you're with your spouse or with a child and you're that might be a moment where you're being blessed with an opportunity for a conversation to spend time together, to enjoy one another. Sometimes waiting is God giving us an opportunity to see something that we haven't seen before where he's saying, pay attention to what's around you. Uh, waiting is also moments when God will say, I need you to talk, like, I need you to, to interact with this person, talk to this person. I'm putting you here for a reason. Uh, there's a situation. It's not about you. Like I'm in, you know, I'm putting you here for a specific purpose and a reason. But when we get so frustrated in the waiting, we miss whatever's there. Mm. But the sermon was talking about the posture of we, as, as people, in, in faith and following God and following Christ, um, we should have a posture where we're always waiting. It's never a, a one moment I'm not, one moment. Because again, we, we view waiting as inactivity. Waiting should be a posture, meaning I'm waiting for God to show me the next steps I'm supposed to take. So the way I presented that was, if, if God's calling me to move, then I move. And while I'm moving... I'm also waiting for him to tell me when it's time to stop. I'm, I'm waiting on God because I'm focusing all of my attention on God's direction and God's commands. Like, what is God telling me to do? So, it's a, again, it's a posture where my focus is solely on God. And I'm waiting, like I'm attentively watching him to tell me what comes next. David, run faster. Okay, I'm going to run faster. David, stop. Okay, I'm going to stop. Slow down. Pay attention to this. I'm waiting on my attention. And, and I shared this in the sermon, and I, and I hope it came across the way, like in my mind it, it did, um, is I used the, the example of shopping with my wife, you mm -hmm. know, and, and, and so I have had, 
and you know, I shared one story, but this has happened a lot where I will go with her and, and I am there shopping with her and, and I am waiting on her, meaning I have taken the posture that when my wife moves to the next section of clothes, I move with her. When she stops, I stop. I'm watching and waiting for her to show me what comes next. Whatever she needs from me, I'm waiting and I'm attentive to what she's doing. So I am ready to respond the way she needs me to respond. And, you know, one of the examples I gave is, you know, we get distracted <laughs> and we've all probably been there where you get distracted and all of a sudden the person that you were paying attention to, you're not paying attention and now they're gone mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, and it, you have that moment of, oh, I got to catch up. Well, that's what happens a lot with us with God is we don't have a posture of focus on him. So we're not ready when he moves. He moves and we're not paying attention or he tells us to stop and we keep going, you know, and, and so that's that posture of waiting that I was talking about. What are some, what are some ways, David, that we can kind of dial in and attempt to understand? Like I'm, I'm looking for the word here. You and I have talked about this before, but it's the discernment to know it is, are we moving too slow? Are we, are we ahead of where God has us? Are we behind or are we in step? What are some ways that we can be a little bit more aware of that? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, you know, that is such an awesome question. And it's one of those questions that I would love to sit here and say, man, I got that totally figured out. Um, <laughs> totally figured that one out. Um, because that's what, again, one of the things just to equate the permission for us to say, none of us are perfect at this. Um, and, and, and neither was David. Here's David saying, wait on the Lord. And we have examples of his life where he screwed up and he, he went ahead of God and it, it caused problems. And he had moments where he didn't go with God and he had problems. Mm. Um, so I would love to sit here and say that somebody's got to completely figure it out. The only person that ever did was Jesus. Let's just, you know, Jesus is the right. only one that knew how to do exactly what the father was doing. Um, but I think one of the, the key points that we have to make is in life um, is constantly challenging ourselves and asking the question, whose agenda am I living by today? Mm, who's, the, right. whose agenda is it? Is it my agenda or is it God's agenda? Um, and that's not a one-time question. That's constant. That's a constant question. You know, um, you know, I could have woke up, well, like just even this week, I could have, if you think about it, I could have had, you know, the person that was supposed to preach reach out to me this week. And I could have said, listen, it's my Sunday off. I'm mm -hmm. not, no, my agenda is we're planning this. And then if I wouldn't have preached, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you. Right. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. So yep. that's that. How often do we, we have opportunities placed before us? And I call them opportunities because anything from God's an opportunity. Anything for, you know, we, we see it as a burden sometimes, but anything from God's an opportunity. And, and if we're not willing to pause on a regular basis and say, by whose agenda am I living by? You know, um, we're going to miss those opportunities because God's agenda is not all it's well, in most cases, it's never going to line up with ours. Yeah. That's it's very it. convicting, very yeah. convicting from a person who is, you know, here's the thing is <laughs> most people who, who have entered, um, dealt with me at a professional level. Um, 
even through back through the years when I was doing different things, like I used to be a, a wedding photographer and did portrait photography, you know, back in the nineties. And uh, one of the things that I was complimented on frequently was my patience. You're so patient. And I'm like, I'm paid to be patient here. Like, <laughs> I have to be patient in these cases, but inside I'm like, we're running behind. I'm going to have to do this, you know? And, and so I, maybe I was gifted with having the ability to inwardly know how to adjust that. But here's the thing is Beth knows me better than any other human being on the planet. And she knows how impatient I am. And it's not pretty. Um, I, I just think that's one of those things that's so relevant in our life is when anytime that we're impatient, I think that leads to, I don't know, maybe stress is, is a result or maybe stress is the driver of impatience. I think you could argue either side of it, but I know that when I am stressed or, or impatient, I'm also hurried in every time in my life that I've ever been hurried. I I'm forgetful. I make mistakes. I'm short with people. I'm not present. I miss opportunities. I I mean, all the things Mm -hmm. and that, that is the times then I also realize that my relationships that are going to be strained. Yeah. I don't feel much joy in my life when I'm constantly hurried. Yeah. And I think people can do that for quite a long time, but it always ends in some type of either, um, you know, hurt again, hurt relationship or, you know, you, you, um, maybe you have a health issue that mm-hmm. starts to pop up. And, and I've talked with clients on, on things like that. So, I think this is why this was such an important thing to talk about today is is knowing how to take that posture or at least being aware to have that posture of um, being patient. Well, it's something we're going to take a lifetime to grow into. I mean, right. Again, that's the that's the thing is. is but wait, I'm impatient and I don't want to wait for that. <laughs> exactly. Just give me the formula to make it right. work and, and we're good. You know, as you were saying all that about being impatient and just hurried and busy. I'll give you another story of, and I don't want to make it sound like we don't have to not be busy at times. I mean, that's not the, Mm -hmm. I mean, this isn't one of those things where, yes, there are responsibilities and and, and we have deadlines that have to be met. So this isn't this, you know, nobody should take this as, oh, great. I'm just going to drag my feet all the time and, you know, um, just go slow throughout life. That's not the, the intention, but. I'll give you another story that happened recently for myself that was just powerful of, of not getting in a hurry because sometimes when you're not in a hurry, God gives you an amazing blessing. So Mm. a few weeks ago and and you were there, we had an amazing Sunday of baptisms. Um, Oh yeah. Like like God just, it was amazing. And, And, um, Here's what my personality is like. I'm an introverted person. You and I talk about this quite a bit. Um, yeah. I, I love I love being around people, but at the same time, being around people drains me and, and mm-hmm. just emotionally and, and just physically and all that. And it was such a powerful Sunday that as the service got over and people were leaving, I could feel my energy level start to like the 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 the, the, the boost of emotion was just starting to seep out. And I was yeah. feeling that. And and so everything in me was extremely excited. And I'm like, but I'm ready to go home, kick my feet up and just pause. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know how, you know, at churches, you know, a lot of people that we got to get to the next thing we might have, you know, so nothing against the ones that had to leave because again, moving on. But for myself, my brain was all right. We had maybe 20 some people still in the church. And I, I started having the thoughts in my mind. Hey, it's great. You guys are talking, but maybe let's start moving towards the door. Like I wasn't doing that, but you have those thoughts, sure. right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause 
I'm tired of waiting. I want to go home. <laughs> um, and while that was happening, uh, a family come back with their daughter that was in tears. She had been in tears since she left. They went home. She was just overwhelmed with just this drive and calling of like, I need to be baptized. I want to profess wow. my faith. I want to. And her parents talked to her and they asked her, they said, well, do you want to go back and we can talk to David this week? And he said that anybody wants to be baptized next week, you're like, we can do that. She's like, no, I want to go back now. And they brought her back and they walked, when they walked in the door, they, they weave through the people that were there and they walk up to me and, and they say, she, she's still in tears. And, and they're like, she wants to be baptized. We baptized. Like, yeah, let's go. And <laughs> sure. we called everybody back that was there. I said, I just yelled. I said, Hey, we're going to do another baptism. Anyone wants to come in and watch. And we had this amazing moment of, you know, this other baptism that if we would have been in a rush, they would have come back to lock doors. Right. Mm. And that's, that's that, that's the image that I've held on to, to that is that doesn't mean that we shouldn't, again, if we had, you know, there's nothing wrong with having to get to the next thing, but in that moment, there was no reason to rush. And if, if I would have been selfish and been like, I just want to go, like I could have looked at my wife and said, Hey, somebody else can lock up. Let's just go. But if we would have done that, they would have come back. Like I said, the locked doors. And you know what, that's, that's in a very powerful imagery that you just said, and you matched it with the words, they would have come back to locked doors. How many times in our lives have we rushed away from something and metaphorically, we've locked a door and we've missed that opportunity. Mm -hmm. That that's very, very convicting to me. Uh, that's, that's convicting to me at my professional level where I'm, you know, as a coach consultant, have I locked the door on people before? I probably have. Uh, I hope I haven't, but I, I gotta be real that it's probably happened. Um, uh, I, I may have been hurried to get to my next appointment mm -hmm. and, um, you know, had to cut some time short. I don't know. I try to not stack appointments up, but things do, do tend to happen. Yeah. Uh, I know that, that when we talk about this in the business world, oftentimes, you know, I, I say there's three A's that every leader has to be very cognizant of people who have listened to me for a while on podcasts have heard me talk about them. It's being available. I'm sorry. We'll start with being aware, right? You have to have awareness. Mm -hmm. The second thing is you have to be available. And the third thing is you have to be approachable, but all three of those are interdependent. It's like a three-legged stool. If you pull one out, if you're just, if you're aware and you are approachable, but you're never available, it drops. Mm -hmm. It's, it's you, your stool falls over. And, um, that again, that's where you come back to lock doors and, those things are so significant. Imagine what would have happened for that, that young lady. She came back, the doors were locked. If she was already feeling so convicted and strongly, you know, driven to, I need to do this today. Mm -hmm. What might have happened is scary. Not, yeah. not that she was going to do anything crazy. I, I don't think that's where you're going, but I mean, would she ever muster the courage to do it again? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Would she come back to the, I don't know. Like those are just things we don't know. So God was very, God knew. Um, here's the funny thing. We hung around for at least 20, 25 minutes after that, which feels like a long time for me because yeah. hey, James and Beth got to get going. We got, you know, yeah, yeah. anyway, we hung around quite a long time and it was like, okay, I kind of got the sense of like, if, if we just linger, nobody's, nobody's going to go home. And <laughs> we, and we missed that, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that that's kind of, 
I wish I could have seen that because yeah, yeah. it was one of the most coolest, most powerful days that I've seen at church in a very, very long time. Yeah, it was an amazing day. And I, I, as you, I, I had to write it down because as you were talking about those three A's, you know, this is why this, you know, to take this, this, this isn't just a, a God thing. And just in life, this posture of waiting, you can't be aware and available right. and approachable unless you have a posture. When you said the aware one, that was the first one, because unless I am paying attention, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what the posture is. In in this context, is I'm 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 basing that on my faith in Christ. I'm being aware of what God wants me to do. And, right. and so I can't even be aware unless I'm in a posture of waiting, paying attention to someone bigger than I am that's in control. I'm being aware. Um, so, you know, even as you say that, I mean, it's just this posture of waiting is true of just life in general, to be able to do those three in leadership, to be aware, to be available, to be approachable. Um, I have to be willing to forfeit my agenda to be able to do those things and, and just wait for those opportunities. So, yeah. The, um, I I was gonna make sure there was anything else left here that uh, I thought was really a powerful takeaway, but, um. Um, you did kind of think of, or mention on this, there was a song you ref- referred to called, uh, that we sing in church fairly often, I Will Follow You. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think it's, um, that's actually kind of a uh, mainstream song, isn't it? Uh, kind of, I think it's a Chris Tomlin song. So, I mean, there there might yeah. be some more, you know. Maybe mainstream wasn't the right word, but more contemporary. It's not yeah. like a hymn or something like that. No, no, no. No, but no. I will. I, w- 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 you referenced that. What, what are some? Of the, can you remember some of the lyrics in that outside yeah. of "I Will Follow You"? Yeah, because uh, yeah, the chorus of it actually goes. You know, it says, uh, "Where you go, I'll go. When you know where you stay, I'll stay. When you yeah. move, I'll move. I will follow." And that was the point trying to get across: is a posture of waiting. Is I'm waiting by paying attention to God. Like that's what that's what the posture of waiting is. Is because I can't move unless I'm watching when He moves. I can't stop unless I'm watching when he stops, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, the song goes on. It's like who, you know, uh, you know, who you love, I'll love, who you serve, I'll serve. The whole concept of the song is I'm taking my cues off of you. So the posture of waiting is I'm waiting by watching so that I can respond when you tell me what to do. And, and so, yeah, that was the reference to that song is, it's impossible to live that, that lifestyle without having a posture of waiting on God's marching orders of what he wants me to do. There's a, there's another P word that comes into into this. And I used to be involved with a podcast with Mark Moyer and uh, Jessica Pape um, with Heartland Youth for Christ. And, and um, it was based on seven P's that Mark had picked up out of scripture. And so pace is one of them, you know, in fact, the, the name of that podcast was called kingdom pace. Uh, I believe it's still out there, but, um, you know, we, I had the honor, you, your church was called revolution church. A few years ago, there was blessed hope church. Um, at the time, those were two separate entities, but you, both uh, uh, of you as pastors, um, connected well, and there was a vision, like maybe instead of us being, you know, going after the same kind of thing. What if we combined? And I had the the honor and the privilege of, you know, being included. You guys invited me into that and talked about through this merger. One of the things that you and I specifically worked on was um, leading, uh, I don't know, what do we want to call this? A uh, 
it's kind of what I do with my con- business consultants anyway, but it's, we, we identified the core values and mm-hmm. things that we wanted it to be. And so the first core value for Blessed Up Community Church is what? We are running to keep up with Jesus. Yeah. And there's, I thought you did a really great job of explaining that on Sunday. And here's the reason why I think that's really important is because of the things that you've been talking about, like within our American culture in particular, that it's all about speed and not waiting and being impatient and going, that that, that could be taken wrong, that when we're running to keep up with Jesus, sometimes we outrun where he is. And when, and when I know that I've done that in my, my life, my business for sure. And every time that I've outrun him, it's not because I'm faster than him. It's because I, uh, I think I'm ready and he knows I'm not. So what happens then is I get into mistakes. I, I make, um, you know, I make errors, uh, whatever it is. Yeah. And there are also times that I have to recognize that I'm the one dragging my feet mm-hmm. and I'm fearful or I have doubt. And Jesus is in front of me saying, hey, let's go. Come on, you know, get up here with me. Trust me, follow me. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are times that I'm reluctant to that. So I thought you did a really great job of just identifying you know, what that pace meant. Yeah. Because that can get messed up, right? People people get that goofed up. Yeah, yeah. The, the doers love to hear that because they think that's <laughs> the, you know, yeah, we're running. Let's run, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. We're going to build and we're going to go, go, go. And then there's the others that are more of the cautious and they hear that and it, it sounds, yeah, it gets scary and negative. The best way I can describe that for myself is anytime I hear that core value, it makes me have flashbacks to track when I was in high school. <laughs> okay. um, now, when I was in track, I didn't do the running. I was, you know, shot put discus and that kind of stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Running was not the thing that, you know, but we all had to run, of course. So during practices, yeah. They would, the, the coaches would always do the same thing. They would pick a pace setter for us to run our first laps at the beginning of practice. So somebody would get picked and then we would have to run four laps and they would be the pace setter. Now, it was one of those moments where you hated it when certain people got picked as pace <laughs> sure. setters because you'd sit there going like, dude, we're not the four minute mile people knock that off, you know, mm-hmm. but then on the flip side, you get the pace setters that were, the, you love it when it would be, you know, somebody that you knew was like, cool, like you're the pace I like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. um, and so that's what goes through my mind is when you hear the word running, it's sometimes in, in running, I am, again, I don't have a lot of knowledge when it comes to being a runner, but at the same time, there's, there's fast pace, there's slow pace, and sometimes there's stop. Right. I mean, you have so so when you think about running to keep up with Jesus, it's not this image of just constantly sprinting. It's yeah. sometimes yeah. there's walking. Sometimes there's, a, you know, jogging. Sometimes he says, pick it up. We need to run fast because I have given you an opportunity that you can't wait and you got to get it done. And then other times he's like, but you got to recover and you got to rest. So you need to stop. Oh, that's huge right there. And, and you know, something just popped into my head I hadn't ever thought of before, but um, it, it's based off something you said in the past uh, through other conversations. Sometimes when we're running, part of the running is to be conditioned, right? So if we're running on a track, we're really not going anywhere, but we're conditioning. We're getting prepared for what's next so that we can run from point A to point B and on to point C, et cetera. Uh, that's something I hadn't considered with that too. Running to keep up with Jesus. Part of it might be conditioning. Like, Mayhew, you're not ready for the next step yet, but you will be if you do these things, yeah. you know, and, and my pace or again, or my urgency, my impatience with that is like, well, why am I not here? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, because you're not ready to be there yet. And um, that's different for everybody. And, and one of the things that I think is important for people who are are listening to, you know, to maybe realize on this is um, such as the same for me is we can get into a comparison game. And it's like, why are they successful or why, why was it seeming to be easier for them? Why is it so much harder for me? Why is it taking longer for me? Whatever it is in your life. And, and I think the reality is, is we're all different. So stop comparing it. That's, that's doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And when we get stuck on those treadmill moments, that's when I'm sure that impatience, cause I'm not getting anywhere. Right. And, and, and that's that there's waiting is not passive. It's not inactivity. It's preparation. It's, you know, um, and so yeah, I love that. So, see it that way. So, well, I, I love the fact that, that you said a treadmill moment, because I think what happens a lot of times is we use a different analogy, which is we're stuck on the hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. Two different things. Mm-hmm. The hamster's just running because it's joyful or whatever. But for us, if we think we're stuck on the hamster wheel, it's like I'm spinning my wheels or my tires, however you want to say it. And then, uh, but but if I'm on the treadmill, it's because I have a purpose to it, and that is to to get in better shape. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I'm learning some stuff today, well, dude. And as you say, prepare yourself for whatever's next. You know. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. If I ever had the, for some reason, if God ever gave me the inclination that I need to go run a marathon, man, I'm not going out tomorrow and running a marathon. I have a lot of waiting and preparing to do, to yeah. do the thing that's going to then see the success that he's called me to. Most of us just want to jump right into the, you know, the thing it's you know, right. just jump right in. And yep. that's when failure happens. That's when discouragement happens. That's when you give up because you try to do something you weren't prepared to do in the first place. So that's the beauty of waiting. Well, this has been awesome. I, I love where we went. I, um, I feel like that is, uh, we've covered a lot of good stuff is David, is there any final words, uh, either of encouragement or, um, just, um, you know, thought that that's popped into your head you want to share? You know, just I will say this and all the these conversations, the sermon and all of it, it's just the encouragement for all of us that, um, man, sometimes we hear conversations like this and we think it's just it's just for us. The more we have these, it, it, man, we're all on the same journey here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody wrestles with the same things. Um, and that's one of the things I love about David and the Psalms is David says things that it relates to all of us. And it just shows that we're all we're all learning the same lessons. Some are a little bit farther than others. Some are, you know, maybe some of us are, this is brand new, but man, it's just this beautiful thing that none of us are on this. Like we're not alone in this. We're all trying to learn this. You know, I, I love getting up and pre- preaching a sermon on waiting, having a posture of waiting. And the whole time I'm preaching it in the back of my mind, I'm like, these people have no idea. I suck at this. You know, like, <laughs> like I'm learning this myself, you know, yeah, but people can yeah. look at you and say, Oh man, he's telling us how to, he's got it all. You know, that's the beauty of this. It's just encouraging us to know that, man, we're all learning, journeying, growing. So, well, a closing thought for you, just sort of an affirmation is, is you jumped in in a 48 hour notice. You preached off of Psalm 27. Um, I encourage anybody who's listening today to, to just check it out. There's some pretty amazing things in there, but it's because you were prepared in advance and you channeled God, you know, and that's the cool stuff. And, um, it wasn't about David. It wasn't about David Condry. It was about David, King David. King David. You know, that's the awesome thing. So you, you move when he tells you to move. You wait when he tells you to wait. So, yeah. yeah that's- well, 
Well, man, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it again. uh, I'm just, uh, I'm grateful for you and thank you very much. I appreciate again, the invitation. All right. Well, take care, everybody. Um, I'll just leave you with my closing thoughts that I do with every podcast is that um, here's what I do is, is I come inside of a business or sometimes a church, sometimes it's a nonprofit and we help leaders build purpose-driven teams that uh, are filled with talented people who are doing exceptional work on the most important things. And again, thank you for being here and look forward to catching you on the next episode.